Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this episode is Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. Hey. And Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi. I got the two L's. You do. Yay. Look the at dream that. team. The, the dream team. <laughs> um, the lovely ladies. That's our heroine archetype. <laughs> So this episode kicks off our September episodes of 2023. Um, and I um, Can I just say, I can't believe it's already September. I know, right? Yeah. Like that in itself makes me a little bit sad. So we're in the time of the Virgo, the Virgin. Um, and so we're going to focus a little heavy, heavily on the ladies this month. Although I say that, but the next episode's book boyfriend. So I don't know. Well, but it's I mean, only one episode for it, right? Right. And then the pour over blog this month, we focused our, the pour over newsletter this month, we focused on all about heroines. Yeah. Um, that she's the boss. So if you don't. So the heroine is the majority of the yeah. month. If you don't subscribe to our pour over newsletter, you should absolutely check that out. We give not only uh, curated TBRs, but recipes, uh, and we review products. I did a whole thing on different Kindle cases. She did the Lord's work. Direct quote from Rebecca. I did. I was doing the Lord's work. I bought all these Kindle cases and Mike didn't know why. He thought I was like really like trying to find one for myself when really I was just buying them to review them. And now I have all these pieces. And anyway, I'm insane. Well, you were finding them for yourself too or buying which ones you hated. Yeah. That list was long. Um, okay, so part of our new segment each week as we do a romance term of the week. And this week, I am kind of going to give you a little education in publishing. Because I had a discussion with someone and they were not understanding things. So I thought, this will be a good time to, you know, the more you know. School them. A good time to school them. <laughs> so the romance term of the week is copyrights. But also we're going to talk about what subrights are. Um, so a copyright is typical of intellectual property. Or I'm sorry. Copyright is a type of intellectual property that protects original works of authorship as soon as an author fixes the work to a tangible form of expression. You write it down. You own the right. Filing official copyrights is what will help you if you ever are accused of plagiarism or need to pursue plagiarism against someone else. Put it to paper and you own the story idea. Subrights, because this is where it gets tricky. Uh, Subrights, this is all the rights, TV and film, audiobook, every country distribution, every type of book form, including things like graphic novels. So this is how an author can keep the rights of their ebook, but sell the rights to the paperback. So if we think of a, if we think of a book as like a pencil case and inside the pencil case are all our different pencils and markers and everything, each individual pencil or marker is a different type of of subright. So you pull out one and it's your audiobook. You pull out one, it's your graphic novel. You pull out one, it's your TV. Pull out one, it's film or film and TV are together. Um, but it can be things like audiobook in distribution in the UK, audiobook distribution in German language. So 
that's that is what copyright and subright are and that is how why these authors are selling rights to UK publishers because it's a foreign language publication and that's also why like they can sell the paperback distribution but keep the ebook distribution so does that make sense it does okay so now I like the um the pencil case Motif. Yeah. I think author, it works really well. Author Rebecca Thorne over on the Tiki Talk, she had a group of markers and was trying and was showing it with markers. And I was like, yeah, that's a really great way to talk about how you can piece out the cop your sub rights from your mm -hmm. copyright. Yeah, so. I feel like it's a really good analogy for that one. It is. Okay. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, though, we're going to discuss female archetypes in fiction. For each archetype, we'll provide a book rec we think amplifies this archetype. In fiction, female archetypes are reoccurring character patterns or roles that represent certain traits, values, or societal roles often associated with women. These archetypes can help create relatable and recognizable characters, but they can also perpetrate stereotypes if not developed thoughtfully. These archetypes can serve as a starting point for character development, but it is important to remember that complex and multidimensional characters are more engaging and realistic. Authors can use these archetypes as a foundation while adding unique traits, motivation, and experiences that make their characters stand out and challenge the stereotypes. So just because we say a character is X, it doesn't mean that they might not personify other archetypes. We just are picking the dominant archetype in our suggestions. Well, the, let me say, I've I've been harping on the idea of we need to use more heroine archetypes, like as in general, because I feel like they're we are constantly talking about like the heroes, like they are this type of hero, and like I always feel like we need it more in the feminine side of it. But as I was going through and doing this. I realized that while I want it, I do not characterize my heroines in the same way as I characterize my heroes because I had a hard time finding. Now, I was going more of the, not like the blatant like description of some of these. And I think that was part of my hangup. I was going a little deeper than I should have. But I don't characterize my heroines the same way I do as my heroes. I don't think many of us characterize i think we give heroes a type and then we ex demand more of our heroines heroines yeah what do you think Lindsay? But i think i agree with that because there are i had a really hard time like there were some heroines that stuck out to me and like when i went through my list and made my list like ones that are my all-time favorite i didn't even put them on the list Mm -hmm. and I don't know I, I just I had a hard time with this I I think if we did the same thing for heroes I think it would be a lot easier to find a dozen books and I don't know why I don't know why that is so part of it I think is in how you consume the romances what is your purpose of consuming romance is it the escape do you often place yourself in the role of the female do you imagine yourself in that world and functioning within that story? Because a lot of times, if you look at how we review a book in a quick shot, 
you know, will say, I wouldn't have made the same choice she made. So I've imprinted myself into the story um, by questioning the choices they make. Or he didn't grovel enough for me. I wanted more from him. I wouldn't have forgiven him as easily. So therefore, what it... Are we connecting more to the male heroine? Because that's what we're supposed to do. We are, you know, for the most part, cis, hetero women. Um, And so we are, you know, in a way, imprinting to the man more than we are the woman. Mm -hmm. Well, and I wonder, though, too, if I go into it with the expectation of what I want out of my heroine, not who she is, but how she is how she deals with things, how she is with other people. Like, and I, I go with the heroes. It it is partially who he is, like what makes him the way he is with my heroines. I have a totally different mindset on how I pull apart their characters. And it probably is because I'm a cis hetero woman. What do you think, Lindsay? I think I agree with that. I mean, I think, I read romance because it feels like an escape mm-hmm. and it's definitely something I do to relax my brain. Like I don't have to think too much. Like when I'm reading romance, I can just enjoy it. I know I'm getting a happily ever after, so I'm not going to be stressed or anything like that. Um, I can pick the trope. I can pick the type. And then the way that I perceive the world is through, a female perspective so it makes it very easy I will talk I and then when we talk about quick shots too I'm always talking about like oh I really related to this from the heroine or this or that and it's like I don't have that same kind of dialogue when we're talking about the hero you're right like a lot of what you already described about how we talk about the heroes like I need more from him or I wouldn't have I wouldn't have appreciated that or you know, like, I, I think that is really spot on with how kind of makes me sad. Well, the other piece that makes <laughs> this is going to make you sad, too, because I'm going to make this statement. Inevitably, I think women are harder on women. Yeah. You know, we kind of let dudes sometimes just whatever effort they put sometimes is just enough, right? Except, you know, in a same situation, we want seven times more effort from a woman. And as a woman who has absolutely judged other women, I think we sometimes do this to our heroines in our romance. We judge them at a harsher lens than we do the male, the heroine. I think it's also a subconscious bias. Mm -hmm. I think we don't even realize like this... That's what makes me sad is that it's like a a deeply ingrained subconscious bias that you don't even realize is there until you go to do an episode like this. And then it's a much deeper conversation than we ever ever could have predicted. I mean, I think about it like we did an episode, you know, that was like grumpy versus asshole versus uh, alpha hole. Right. Yeah, I think so. And there was no problem. I came up with a list of 100 books. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take any thought. And then this one, 
we've been sitting on this. I came up with this idea, what, two weeks ago. I was like, hey, let's do this instead. Well, but you guys are like, you, yeah. Like I said, though, you and I have talked about this for a few months, like back and forth about like how there isn't enough emphasis on the fact that there are these characterizations for men and they do exist in the literary literary world, just not in romance so much. So, okay, let's get to these archetypes, guys, um, because I think we're going to spend some time on each one. <laughs> um, so the first archetype is the heroine. This mm-hmm. archetype is often the protagonist of the story who embarks on a journey, faces challenges, undergoes personal growth. She is often brave, resourceful, determined, uh, breaking away from traditional gender roles to achieve her goal. So different characteristics you'd expect to see. Brave, resourceful, and determined. So those are the characteristics I focused on when coming up for books to recommend that I think, and this is personal, that I think amplify the heroine archetype. Mm. So Lindsay, who do you have for a book rec for the heroine archetype? I have Olive Perry from Happy Trail by Daisy Prescott. Um, fair warning, almost all my books are from Penny Reader, Green Valley, <laughs> or Smarty Pants Romance. Um, so don't like it too bad so sad um but she is like literally on a journey she is hiking the Appalachian Trail she is a through hiker and she is literally on a journey so she goes through a very public breakup on the trail and then she hikes her way to Green Valley she kind of winds up reinventing herself and I think like very true to the heroine (laughs) archetype definition okay uh Leah what do you got Okay, so I have, the, her name is Delilah, and she is from Ember by Emma Renshaw. And she, this town itself has, like, been, was part of, there's a big fire, like, and the town is, like, re, has rebuilt from, like, the aftermath of that. And Delilah is, like, a new person who lives in there. But she's, like, a single mom. She struggles a little bit, but she doesn't let it bring her down. Like she does what she has to, she makes the best of like what she has in her life. Like she has her son, she has her mom, she has their, her job and her home. And it's like, she doesn't allow any of the negative to, to bring her down. Like she really works hard. She's not one of those struggling moms who like, and that like that's the single mom thing that I hate is they're always struggling like she's not struggling like yes she struggles because she's a single mom and doing everything on her own but what single parent doesn't do that but she she does what she has to and I just really love the strength that she finds in herself so I had quite a few for this because I think this is one of the easiest ones to pick Mm -hmm. it's the most obvious right yeah so I'm gonna pick Penny from Master of Sin by Sienna Snow. This is the first book in her Masters of Vegas series, or Vegas Gods, I think maybe it is. Vegas Gods. Um, Gods of Vegas. That's the name. Anyway, Penny is... Um, she is a businesswoman, but her father also owns, 
owned a corporation and the father has died and the stepmother is helping to run it with her half brother. And Penny is also part of the management ownership team. And the stepmother's doing things in order to get Penny out of the company so that she can sell it and keep money and kind of take Penny's inheritance away from her. Um, but on the side, Penny has a super successful um, whiskey distillery business that she's doing kind of underground and under the radar. And she connects with um, kind of this bad guy who is also a family friend, but he has mafia ties. And um, to help blow up her stepmother's, you know, under what her doings. And she's doing this at the risk of potentially losing her entire livelihood and inheritance. But she doesn't care because it's for the better of her brother and overall what she needs. Um, so, Leah, did you have any other books or? No. Because I, like I said, I had a hard time narrowing it down. Uh, Lindsay, did you have any other books in this, for this one? I only picked one for pretty much all my categories because I struggled. So a couple other other books to look to for the heroine. I have Layla from The Tryst by Lauren Blakely. Tryst. That's Uh, how like Becky likes to say it, Tryst. She said it right tonight. Willow, I have to say it wrong tonight. Willow, uh, the heroine from Dominic by Sawyer Bennett. That's in the Arizona Vengeance series. And Lark from Stay Here With Me by Carrie and Ryan. Those are all very typical heroines that show bravery, resourcefulness, and determination. Um, okay, uh, Leah, do the next one. Give us the ty- the hero type and then what the definition is. Okay, so the next one is The Damsel in Distress. Um, This archetype is characterized by being in need of rescue or protection from the hero. While this archetype has been criticized for its passive portrayal of women, modern interpretations often subvert this trope by giving the character agency and independence. Um, So, okay, Lindsay, who do you have for A Damsel in Distress? Callie Kendall from Highball Rush, Claire Kingsley, and by Claire Kingsley. Ah, Claire Kling. Oh my goodness! I Claire can't Kingsley say it. and Lucy Score. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I promise. Like I haven't even had alcohol, so I don't know why I had trouble saying that. What a tongue twister. Um, and I, the reason I say that is I picked this one because they set up Callie Kendall as the damsel in distress through that entire series. It's not just a single book. It's not just the single book. Like you really get that part that, you know, the piece of giving the character agency and independence in the end, like you really see that in this book, but you see like the damsel in distress, the need of rescuing, like the mystery around her character. Like all of that is very true to this. And this is like her story overarches that whole series. Then it comes to fruition with this. Um, highball rush book which is the sixth in the series the end um and i just that i thought that was the best example no i think that's Um, a good one because you do see like her you know kind of where she needs help but then she does have an independence and an agency and a control that she takes back by the end 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's different because like in a lot of, like in, it's not, it's contemporary. It's not, there are suspenseful elements of it, but this is contemporary, but in romantic suspense, like damsel in distress is pretty much like the archetype, like almost every single female can be attributed to that um, archetype. But for this, like it's handled in a very different way because it extends beyond just the book. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think it is easy to find damsel in distress, not just in romantic suspense, but also in like BDSM type relationships or mafia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. Who do you have uh, for your damsel in distress, Leah? Okay. So I went a little off the contemporary road on this one and it's actually an MC romance. So contemporary adjacent um but it's blood and bone sig by Jeannie st james this is book two and i think it's book two in the blood and bone series um so the care the heroine autumn when she is first found in the series she is found beaten she is found bloody and it like their whole story is about her coming to terms with what happened to her before she was found how she takes back the ownership of her own life and where she moves forward from there and i think it's a really interesting story of where she came from and i don't want to give anything away because if i talk too much about that then it gives away enough like little things but she yeah her whole story is about how she moves forward and takes what happened to her and creates a better story because of it so for me, I picked um, Hazel from Hot and Heavy by Mary Carr. This is a male-male-female romance. Um, it is part of her Italian Stallion series. And Hazel gets kind of dropped into a world where she comes from a family that's kind of the bad family. You know, like her uncle's been in jail. Her mother and father both are known for being kind of criminals like but petty crimes Mm -hmm. um and she's accused in the beginning of her book she's a she's working as a live-in nurse and she's accused of stealing from her patient and when she realizes that her uncle is the one that was doing the stealing she runs and runs to philadelphia and meets the two heroes in the book and um the motel that she's staying in catches on fire the first night that she's there and they kind of rescue her. But by the end of it, because of how it works, they help her find a new job and she starts to build a life of her own outside of them. But uh, she's absolutely at every turn, the damsel in distress and she doesn't really get her agency until the end, but it comes through because she trusted and accepted help from these two guys so also who doesn't love a thruple it's true (laughs) and swords cross in that one too they do cross in that one yeah which we don't always get with hers but he those those swords cross okay Lindsay, do you want to read the next one yes the femme fatale a seductive and mysterious woman who uses her charm and allure to manipulate others this archetype can be morally ambiguous and often challenges societal norms Okay, so I'll start first. I went with Something Unexpected by Vi Keeland, the heroine in that book. Um, part of the reason that I picked her is she goes against what is expected of her. 
She has a bucket list on life and she's living it and helping another friend who's at the end of their life live it. And um, she pushes boundaries and doesn't just accept, accept the status quo. And there's a lot of uncertainty around her. And you don't know why until the very end. But if you read this book, just know it does end in an HEA for for Beckett and for I can't think of her name, but together it does end in an HEA. Oh, I was like drawing a blank on this book. I'm like, I know I read that, but it's it's really it is worth the read. And it is. Yeah, definitely. Because she's so ambiguous with her. There's such an uncertainty about her that you don't realize. Um, yeah. What it is. Anyway. There's a twist that you were not expecting. Yeah. That was one of those books that you don't realize Vi's going to like rip your heart out. And then she oh, does. And I, there was some ugly crying after I was done with that book. <laughs> there, there really, really is. Um, okay. I was not okay. Eleanor. The heroine's name is Eleanor. Uh, Leah, who do you have for your femme fatale? Okay. So mine is Trinity from Brody's Vow by Kaylee Cross. So her whole backstory is she and a group of women were basically part of this sanctioned program to create female assassins who used their bodies, used their minds to seduce and prey upon not so good people or sometimes some decent people, but the whole premise of her training was to use her her body as an like as a weapon and i just thought the the change from like when she when she broke free from that network to how she lived her life after that and how she refused to use her body in any way to further her life in that's not the best way to put it, but like she was very clear about the lines of this is my body. This is what I'm going to do with it. This is what I had to do with it before. And I'm never going to do use it in that way again. And there's a whole um, series about, they're called Valkyries. There's a whole series about them. And it's actually really entertaining and engaging in the way that the different females had different specifications almost in the way that they were used okay uh Lindsay, what do you have for the femme fatale so i went a little bit different direction with this i kind of thought of the femme fatale as like i think you actually see this a lot in the brother's best friend trope when it's a much younger mm. sister um, and I picked Beneath the Stars by A.L. Jackson and That's Maggie Fitzgerald. One. She is 21, really young, um, and she is staying with Reese. Uh, he's in the band with her brother, and she's staying at his house for the summer. And man, does Maggie push some boundaries. Like, yeah, Reese she is does. trying to, I mean, she is very much aggressively pushing boundaries, and he... I mean, he just gets to the end of his rope. He can't say no to her anymore. And then they both fall in love. And I think the way, like, it stuck out to me. I had a really hard time at first figuring out, like, how to even pick a femme fatale. <laughs> um, 
but then when I thought of it like Maggie and her spit you know spit personality and the way she's just like absolutely relentless when it comes to him um she won't take no for an answer she wants him and she knows he wants her and yeah and I think you see that a lot that's a great way to look at a femme fatale too it is because I didn't I did not make that that connection there but it is that's a really great one because she does but another heroine that's like that is joey from sadie kincaid's joey joey yeah joey's actually a really good one for that femme fatale she she's 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 dangerous yeah and i mean you even see it with like like and then i started thinking about it and i was like wow like this is actually like very true to that trope because mm-hmm. you see so many good examples of it where like these girls don't usually behave in this way, but then their heart is dead set on something and they just go after it. So they if we all their wiles to go after if it. we look at that, that might be one of my favorite female archetypes is the femme fatale. Yeah. The pursuer, the you know, the one that's going to push <laughs> and challenge push society. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lindsay, now you made us think about things. Well, I also not just think about it, but like, I also think that is specifically why that is one of my favorite tropes. No, I do like that trope. It does make sense. Okay. So the next (laughs) female archetype is the mother or the nurturer. This is going to be emotional. Oh, I guess I'll read the definition. Sorry. This archetype embodies qualities of caring, compassion, and selflessness. She often provides emotional support and guidance to other characters, and her nurturing nature can be can drive her actions throughout the story. Um. Okay. So, Lindsay, kick us off here. Who did you pick for the mother or the nurturer? Fiona Archer from Happily Ever Ninja by Penny Reed. Okay. She's a secret spy badass by night and a mother figure for both her children and the ladies of knitting in the city by day. (laughs) I really... (laughs) But she doesn't have it all together. Like, I really like this book because, like, you see in the Knitting in the City group, like, she is the mother figure. And then you get to her book and, like, she is spiraling out of control. Like, she's... <sighs> this book, she... Her marriage is in peril. It's a saved marriage situation. And I like that. We don't see a lot of those um, that I find to be done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her and Greg are having a hard time in their relationship. Like Greg is going off all around the world for work and she's at home with the kids and she used to be a spy and she's struggling and he doesn't even know she was a spy. <laughs> Sounds a little um, true lies ish. It a is a bit. little bit. It is a little bit. And then like Greg is away. He winds up getting kidnapped. And, um, the story is about like her going after him with, Quinn, um, Janie's husband from Neanderthal Seeks Human, um, and the Cypher security team, they go after him together. He's in Africa and the oil fields out there. And like, it's the story of their marriage being saved through a very like action movie-esque story. It's very gripping. Um, but like at the same time, like you learn about these things Fiona's gripping with on top of like, she's grappling with do I have a brain tumor or like she she's pregnant with their third child (laughs) it's like a very emotional time for her and you just don't see like this 
side of most heroines and like she's so put together in all the other books and then you get to her story and it's just like you see the veil behind the chaos and I just love it because she is very much the mother nurturer type well and she truly is on the hot mess express yeah (laughs) um Leah who's your mother or nurturer Okay, so I went with the nurturer side of this because I felt like the mother part was just too easy because I like a single mom book. Um, But so Every Moment with You by J.E. Parker, the the heroine's name is Maddie and she she went through some some shit when she was younger, but she is the manager of a women's shelter in the small town that they live in and the compassion and the care and the time that she spends with the women that come and the children that come to this shelter because they need to get out of very bad situations and the way that she treats them and the fact that like she truly like pulls each of these people in like she has the biggest heart and cares so much about the people that are in a like a part of her life and I like so that's why I went that direction just because I feel like this the mother part like it's kind of self-explanatory but you don't always get that nurturer aspect so I'm gonna pick someone that I think that's gonna you're gonna you're gonna balk at but let me get through this so I'm gonna pick Jules from My True Love by Melissa Foster because if we think about how she kind of mother's grant how she nurtures her siblings and mothers them even though she's the youngest she starts the group chats she makes sure everybody's okay she makes sure everybody has what they need which is very mother nurture but she is not a mother she's not which is where that nurse like that nurturer like side like subsect there really makes a difference because she really nurtures those emotions and those feelings but she but also she, kind of she mothers. does mother she mother hens them to death she does and she's but not I love even her a mother. so much i love her so much but i do think that jewels from my true love by melissa foster is a perfect example of a non-mother mother mother um okay i will give you that one okay leah read the next uh okay the warrior the warrior is a strong skilled fighter who defies traditional gender roles by excelling in combat and taking on leadership roles this archetype challenges stereotypes by showing that women can be strong and capable warriors okay um it is Lindsay's turn. Go first. Tell us who you have for a warrior. I promise I read books that just aren't opinion readers. <laughs> it's okay. But it's I fine. picked Code of Conduct by April White. Shane P.I. is the heroine in this book. She's a disabled heroine. She has a artificial limb, but she is a total badass. Um, she's a private investigator and she... Basically, nothing stops that girl. Like she just goes and gets it. <laughs> um, she winds up crossing over with the cipher security team in her book. Um, and she winds like her partner becomes one of the teams, one of the guys on that team. And I can't remember all the details of this book, but like she is very, very strong. She has, like, she definitely struggles a little bit, um, with her situation but she doesn't let anything stand in her way like she understands her limitations and while she does struggle with them in some degree she doesn't let it stand in the way of her doing her job 
she has a really cool job um with being a private investigator and picked her okay uh leah who do you have for your warrior so fun fact before i say this i have three heroines with the exact same name on my list (laughs) okay okay so this is my second delilah um so she is from frozen and ice by cynthia eden it's book one in her ice um, breakers cold case romance so delilah is a woman who she's part of this cold case group who they do that they research and look for like try to solve cold cases and she she kind of breaks the mold a little bit because she she's not that stereotypical woman who just clumps at a computer or things like that like she goes out she researches she actually is trying to get close to a billionaire to to find out if he what happened to his brother and the stories behind it but she she's strong and she fights for what she believes and she knows and wants everybody to to know the truth behind what happened to the people that they loved but but they don't know and they haven't known for years and I think it's really I just really love this series in general because I do love a cold case file but she she just is really she's smart and capable and I just really like that one so I'm gonna go with Layla from what hurts us by Maggie Gates um in this book she is a flight nurse attached to a quick rescue helicopter EMT team. And she is also, though, the daughter of an Iranian family. And so she has to kind of balance the family expectations of cultural expectations along with this very highly demanding job. She's headquarters at a helicopter that's in rural North Carolina. And so they're being called to very different types of scenes. Some are flatland, some are in the mountains, some can be dangerous and some can, you know, be just terrible to get to because of location. Um, And it's a small town romance. And I really just, I love this series, but uh, she absolutely is a warrior that fights for what she wants. Um, okay, who wants to read The Mentor? I'll do it. Okay. This archetype imparts wisdom, guidance, and knowledge to the protagonist. She is often an older and experienced figure who helps the main character on their journey. Okay, so I'll go first on this one. I went with um, our heroine from Man Candy by Vanessa Vale. Um, So in this book, what is her name now? Because Lindy. Lindy? Lindy, right? Yeah, Lindy. Lindy is the older sister who was the guardian for her younger sister and helped raise her. Um, But she also helped raise her younger sister's best friend And in her book, she moms everyone, but really she's not momming them. She's just trying to help them do the best they can in their life so that she can move forward and have her own life. So there's a little bit of selfishness to her choices. Um, 
this is also an age gap romance where she is seven or eight years older than her uh, hero. And between, and he's a little bit of a wild guy that needs some. Yeah, but he needs some help. He falls hard and falls fast. He does. But Lindy uh, from Man Candy by Vanessa Vale is a great experience a great mentor because she also mentors the other heroes in that series. Mm -hmm. She gives a lot of advice. Um, okay. Lindsay, who do you have for mentor? Grandpa's from a proposal. They can't refuse the grandpa's. <laughs> well, that, that does not do, like a side character like that, but that would, well, but they're, they're not grandpas. That's they're true. Grandpas. So but I don't actually Bra have the one. The brigade would work really well. Because they are mentors the in like the steel island series silver island series i, I, Lindsay, I, I think it's time for you one. to read melissa foster more wait have you not read those i haven't read melissa foster since just like start 2018 in... <clears throat> no just start in silver island you don't have to go anywhere else you can just start right in silver island and it is delightful and wonderful honestly if you want to start with jules and grant just do that because they're <laughs> They're my, well, although Levi's top Okay, notch. you're off topic anyway, and we're not going to get through all of these. We're not. Okay, well, so my mentor, I went with the blatantly obvious choice to me. So I went with Heart Words from Nora Everly. So Rose is a, I think a kindergarten teacher, but she, she does mom her siblings quite a bit. But it's, I like this one because she is taking these young minds and molding them to the way that she thinks they should be. There we go. Okay, Leah, read The Rebel. Okay. The Rebel, a character who challenges authority, conventions, and societal norms. She can be outspoken, unconventional, and determined to break free from limitations placed upon her. Um, okay, who do you have for a rebel, Leah? Um, I actually have Piper from She Loves Me by Melissa Foster. Piper is a construction worker. She is brash. She is commitment phobic. She does what she wants. And I just love her so much. Uh, Lindsay, who do you have for a rebel? Tempest from Sud Muffin by Jiffy Cake. Ooh, that's a good one. She is one of my all-time favorite heroines, and I could not help myself. She is struggling with grief over the loss of a relationship. She wants a child. She wants a family. She, you know, she's struggling. Her husband is <coughs> cheating on her. Her marriage has ended, and she just literally burns his clothes in the driveway. Um, she's in small town. She that is not how you behave <laughs> in a small town without getting a lot of notice and she just feels her feelings and i really love that about her so that's mine so i picked sav from between never and forever by Britt benson and part of the reason i did that is because she breaks free from the limitations placed upon her she is raised by an alcoholic drug addicted mother and who is an abusive relationship and sav runs runs away and lives her life and re-encounters the one boy that was ever nice to her in her small town growing up. And Sav creates, becomes a success. She is now a rock star living her best life and she's filming a movie close to where her hometown is and reconnects to this boy. And um, it's just how she, you know, what was expected of her, she said, no, 
I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be better and bigger than that. And does everything in her power to make herself bigger and better than what's expected of her. Um, and also that book, so good. So much emotion. Cannot recommend it enough. Okay, read the next one, Leah. Hey, the Ingenue, a young, innocent, and often naive character who is discovering the world. This archetype may evolve as the character gains knowledge and experience. Okay, Lindsay, who do you have? Okay, I have Thea Pope from Anger Bang by Avery Flynn. I was really surprised how much I liked this book. Um, Thea is a full-blown adult, but she lets her wild child out. She is basically on an anger bang mission with the best man um, because she goes to this destination wedding for her reality TV star sister. The whole wedding is a reality TV series that's being filmed in remote Wyoming. And basically it kicks off with her sister telling, she overhears her sister telling the bridesmaids that she's basically just there for TV. Her sister doesn't even care that she's there. She announces to the whole wedding she's going to bang the best man. And the entire book goes from there. And it is just. It was one of my favorite books this year so far. Okay. Sounds like a lot of fun. I laughed so hard so many times. (laughs) I have the audiobook. I need to just sit down and listen to it. It's been on my TBR for a while. It's one of the only books I read this year. I, you know, I hadn't even planned to read it. I just did because I had a dinosaur on the cover and it was like, sure, why not? And I was kind of looking forward to it because of the concept of the anger bang. And then I stayed up and it's the only book this year. I think I stayed up all night reading. It has a dinosaur on the cover. I mean, that sells you right there. Um, Okay, Leah, who do you have (laughs) for the ingenue? Um, I have Addison from Hidden Waters. So she's very sheltered growing up, like does not really understand how a lot of the world works because of her upbringing. And she, like, as the story progresses, she really comes into her own and like who she really is and what she wants out of life. Who is that by? Catherine Cowles. Sorry. Okay. I forgot that part. I'm sorry. I'm like trying to place it. I knew that I knew it, but yes, it's her and Beckett's story, but yeah, she just, she's such a, she was so sheltered. And she wanted to live her life, but she didn't have the opportunity. But now that she does, like she's experiencing everything. And I really love the way that Catherine describes like her experiences for the first time. It's like this open eye, like almost out of body experience. Sometimes it just, it's a really well done story. Um, So I am going to pick Isla from Make Me Exhale by Marie Johnston. Mm. Um, again, Marie, I hope you're not washing your hair uh, when I give this rec. If you have not read the Oil Baron series, I cannot recommend this series enough. Um, Isla's book, God, the emotions in this book, a top read of 2023 for me. I'm yeah. still not over this book. And and part of the reason that she is the ingenue is she's the youngest of her family. And because of that, she's kind of been sheltered, but she's also the child that's trying to please her very demanding, rigid parents and be good enough for them. And within her story, she decides that she wants to be good enough for herself. And so she takes her power and claims it 
and moves forward in her story. And then by the end, she's making some hard, tough decisions and absolutely becomes her own heroine. Mm-hmm. So if you've not read that series, I cannot recommend Make such Me Exhale good, Enough. Such a good book. And then I want to caveat this one. Sully from For the Love of Whiskey by Melissa Foster is mm-hmm. another really great example. She yeah. escapes from a cult and is trying to figure out how to move forward in a world that's not a cult. And um, she was raised in the cult. So she has to learn how to be her own person again. So mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like this is really the Melissa Foster Penny Reed episode, though. <laughs> There's a lot. Okay, so the next one is the witch or the sorcerer, a uh, sorceress. And I did not let us pick paranormal for this one. Because I think that would have been easy. Oh, when I've had like 15 paranormals like right there. So often possessing magical powers, this archetype can be both feared and respected. She represents a connection to the mythical and the supernatural. And there are contemporary romances that would fit this archetype, but in a different way. If you look at this as being feared and respected instead of on the mythical piece of it. But anyway, uh, Leah, do you have a book rec for this? I do. Um, So A Little Taste by Tia Louise. It is book one in this series of three brothers. But the heroine, her family is magicians and her mother is a claim psychic her dad was a a magician that passed away during a trick like her grandmother um claims to have like sight and things like that and there's an emphasis on the tarot and all of that and so Britt is our heroine and she she has a little bit of this in her but she has been trying like she tried to separate herself from her family but the hero hates it he hates it so much and it is actually a big sticking point between the two of them, um, her family history and how he feels about it. But as the book progresses, like there's there's a moment that it it's not so good. But as the book progresses, he realizes that like not everything that they do or talk about is a bad thing. And I thought it was a really interesting twist to it. But it's small town. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's uh, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, Lindsay, what do you have? Sawyer Bennett, codename Hacker. That was on my list too, BB. BB Grimshaw. And she does have a superpower because she's a hacker. She's fresh out of prison. She is <clears throat> actually saved by the team so that they can bring her into their mission. They get her out of prison for their mission. Um, and she's a hacker and she's helping them, but her, you know, her level of skill for hacking definitely reads like a mystical superpower because a lot of them just don't know how she's able to do what she does. Like the level of her hacking expertise, um, they're kind of in awe of her and she's very much revered, um, for what she's capable of. And then she's also just a badass. She is a badass. She is a badass. (laughs) Um, so Whispers in the Dark by Maya Banks. Um, Mm -hmm. The heroine Shay has maybe some telepathy type connections. It's never clearly stated. 
but she emotionally, she's definitely an empath and she emotionally connects to Nathan who is being held um, captive as a prisoner of war. And that is their story. And it's part of the KGI series, which, you know, obsessed with. Good so. series, but we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. Okay, Lindsay, read the sidekick best friend. This character supports the protagonist and provides comic relief, emotional insight, or practical assistance. Her role is vital to the protagonist's journey. But I do think we can have a main character that is the sidekick best friend. Um, okay, so Lindsay, go ahead. Give us your... Give us who you got. I didn't pick a heroine for this one. Okay. I picked JJ and Charlie from Walking in a Witchy Wonderland by Juliet Cross. They have a short story, but their romance really kind of like trails through. And I know it's paranormal. I don't care. Um, Yeah, but JJ and Charlie are not paranormal. No, they're not. Exactly. Their story is contemporary. So I love the way that their story is built. You get all of the lead up like the build up their romance is in the background of that entire series and then what you Mm -hmm. get in walking in a witchy wonderland is like the bang moment literally the bang moment (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny how many times am i gonna say bang and a lot it's okay it's a drinking game um (laughs) play along anyway but i love it i love them um and I really like that short in Walking in a Witchy Wonderland. Um, and they're both sidekicks and BFFs to all the sisters and each other. That's true. Uh, who do you have, Leah? Okay, so my book is The Way You Are by Sylvie Stewart. So this book, um, it's Liv and Brett's story. But the way that the book starts out is they actually did not know each other at the beginning of the book or they had just met each other. So the their story is like the creation of their friendship, like, and they become sidekicks to each other. But she has a boyfriend for a good portion of the book. So you don't know how it's going to work, but like they, they do everything together. Like they become each other's sidekick. Which is so interesting that you read a book where... The heroine had a boyfriend. There's nothing. There's nothing happening. It's it's okay. It was Sylvie Stewart, so I trusted her. Um, yeah, it was just a really interesting take because like they meet and then they start doing all these things together and they create this really great friendship. And I think that she tries to to be his wing woman at one point, if I remember right. It's been a while since I read the book, okay. but yeah, it's good. Okay. What so, about you? Um. Okay, this one was my top, this was my hardest one to pick. So I think I'm going to go with, I have two that are tied. So I think I'm going to give you guys both. But first I'm going to do Jenna from Gage by Sawyer Bennett. Because as we have met, we met Jenna back in the Arizona Vengeance in Jet's book. She's the sister Mm -hmm. to the heroine in Jet's book. And Jenna, every time Jenna's on the page, She's doing everything she can to love and support the people she cares about. She helps Brienne. She helps. um, Let's see here. Who else does she help? Like she just helps everybody. Every. I feel like I feel like Jenna's love language is helping. Yeah. She's such a great character. And so I really felt like 
that with her because she is kind of the sidekick in a ton of different books, right? But then that also made me think of Tessa from Promise Me Always by A.L. Jackson. Tessa yeah. was not supposed to get a book, Mm-mm. but all of us were like, wait, where's Tessa? No, we're like, book? Amy, she needs a book. And Tessa is the best friend that wants to help out everyone. And she helps out her hero by entering into a fake engagement so that he can get custody of his mm-hmm. kids. Um, and that book is emotional and powerful and probably one of my top reads of 2023. Um, okay, so next up is the queen, queen. Uh, or ruler, a powerful authoritative figure who helps, who Holds leadership and responsibility. This archetype can showcase strength and diplomacy as an, as she navigates political and social challenges. So, Leah, who do you have for um, the queen or ruler? Okay, so mine is Charlie. She is the heroine in My Madam by Savvy V. Um, she is the owner of a gentleman's club. It has mafia like subbed vibes to it um so the but she had left town and she comes back because there was a death in her family and so now she is in charge of all these women but it's like an upscale gentleman's club but she is a woman who does not take any shit from anybody like she is strong she is smart she is one of those women who she's surrounded by not so good guys and a lot of morally gray but she sticks her ground and refuses to submit to what they might want okay uh lindsay what did you have for the queen or the ruler i threw it back to one of my old 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 favorites so megan from the billionaire's arrangement by violet vaughn she inherits a multi-billion dollar company from her parents and it really comes out of left field because you get to know her in this series as a ski mom she lives in Colorado with her friends and they basically just ski she lives a ski lifestyle Um, it's also a relationship in peril book because she's been in a relationship with the love of her life for many years and like he's confused about why their relationship's not progressing he's really pushing for them to like get married and she's just like blowing him off because she knows she's going to have to move back east and take over this company so it's about her coming into her own as a leader um taking over the family business but then also really like it's more about like the becoming of the archetype for her in this book yeah um but she it's good okay (laughs) um Okay, so mine for the queen, the ruler, I'm going to go with Becca from Only One Touch by Natasha Madison. She is a queen. She's the queen. I mean, she is working within a male-dominated industry with professional male athletes. She So she's a sports agent, and she comes up against the owner of the hockey team, uh, freaking Nico. Freaking Nico. And, but she is powerful and owns her power and is, you know, kind of rules with an authority because the players that she represents, like it, you know, go for her to her for advice and then use her advice. Like they don't just pat her on the head. They know that when Becca has spoken, she's spoken and she speaks 
you know. When Becca speaks, you listen. Uh, right. So I think that she is by far a queen um, in her book. Wow. Freaking Nico. Right. Asshole. Um, okay. So the last one is the unrequited lover, a character who pines for the love that is not reciprocated. This archetype can bring a depth to a character's emotional journey and personal growth. Um I think that this one was a challenge also. I actually didn't. I, I thought about it as well. But I actually wound up in the same vein as the femme fatale. I think the unrequited love is really frequent in the sibling's best friend. It is. So- my choice is a sibling's best friend, so I would agree with that statement. And I also <laughs> think that we need to focus on the characterization of bringing depth to a character's emotional journey and the personal growth that they show in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you mine and then we'll hear who you two picked because mine is not a sibling's best friend. Mine is Maggie from Coming Coming Home for Us by Carrie and Ryan because in very first book of this series, we meet Maggie and she's pining for this hero. And by the end of book one, he has a freaking girlfriend. And then in book two and in book three, she makes us like the girlfriend. And then Carrie Ann does something horrible, horrible to us. And it was dramatic so freaking dramatic she there were some ugly tears she killed the girlfriend but at this point maggie's waited for two years for her hero to grieve to grieve and to move forward from the loss of his girlfriend and because she can't wait anymore she doesn't see the end coming for her she decides that it would be best for everybody if she pursues a different job and walks away from the job that she loves and And the family that she loves and the family that she loves. That's her family. And so I think that she is the epitome of the unrequited lover. Okay. She was on my list, but I had a feeling you would pick her. Lindsay go tell me who is your unrequited lover, female archetype. I actually wound up not picking a brother's best friend one, even though (laughs) I just said all of that. And the reason was because I think like the example that I picked, it's Liz Peters from Tell Them Lies, a very old Carla Sorensen from the Three Little Words series. It's one of her first series. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's a fake relationship, but what drives her to the fake relationship is that she's so in love with the idea of love and she's so lonely and all of her friends have married off and she just wants to not be alone and I think like it's not necessarily being in love with a person or pining for a person but like the love itself Mm -hmm. and I kind of like that interpretation of it too I do too um okay Leah who do you have for uh the unrequited lover so this is my third Delilah. Um, it is Seducing Sawyer by Melanie Sean. So Delilah is a woman who she's 
real bodied, has some hangups about it. And her, she has loved Sawyer Briggs from afar for many, many years. Um, so she's pined and decides that she's she's going to femme fatale him in a sense. But she she decides that she's ready for the unrequited to not be so unrequited anymore. And um, yeah, but she is pined for years. But what she doesn't know is that he is pined for her also. So it goes both Mutual ways. pining. Mutual pining, but he has some hangups. So she has to get his head out of his ass. But it's very good. Okay. I really like it. Well, those are our female archetypes. These are the ones that are most common in fiction. I think that as we start reviewing books, my goal would be that, you know, maybe we'll start talking what kind of female archetype um, in our quick shots when we talk about just like we talk about, you know, making the decision that he's an alpha hole or a, a cinnamon roll hero. I would really love to see us say, you know, she plays the role of the rebel or this is a femme fatale mm-hmm. uh, character. Just because again, like you said, Leah, we don't do a lot of characterization on our female heroines, um, but we do give it to the men, to the male heroes. And I would like to see us bring more well, love and light to these female and characters. And we do it- to them the hair the heroes like without thought yeah it becomes second nature so i think we can do all all do better and bringing lots of love and light to the female archetype okay so guess what guys it's that time for book book of the week it's book of the week time leah i haven't done that for a while leah what's your book of the week um so I had a rough reading week, um, but my book of the week is Mind to Share by Kennedy Mitchell. It is her book eight in her protection series. It is male, female, male. So no swords cross, but that's okay. Um, but there's mutual pining from all three characters. Um, and the heroine is a medical examiner who talks to her cadavers and makes dead people jokes she does she does very good pretty funny um lindsay what's your book of the week into the tide by laura pavlov i finally read it i've had it for a long time it's a brother's i think it's brother's best friend yeah brother's best friend she's working at her brother's best friend's bar for the summer it's kind of a beachy read. She's just out of college and she's kind of figuring out herself. I've had it on my TDR forever. I actually had the audiobook from when the book first dropped the audio. And I just finally listened to it this week and I actually really liked it. Okay. So it was my first ever Laura Pavlov. There you go. Um, my book of the week was I Want It That Way by Karen Gray. It is book three in her Carolina classic series. I listened to the audio of this book and it was phenomenal. It takes place in 1998, 1999, Wilmington. Uh, I put Virginia, but it's North Carolina is where it is. Um, of And it's kind of a Dawson Creek style TV show. And it's called Lawson's Reach. It's such a Dawson's Creek. Um, this is the story of Luke and Danny. It's a fake relationship, close proximity romance, but it also deals with such topics as women's health and the woman's right to choose reproductive rights. And it also has some mental health rep, um, some PTSD, and there are cute, floofy dogs in this book. So 
I love a floopy dog in a book. I cannot recommend this book enough. The audio, Amy McFadden does the audio and it was really, really well done. Um, and I, there is a, there's a male narrator. I just don't remember his name. Uh, but she did a great job. And so I really, I really, like he's not important. I really enjoyed this book. Um, you have been talking about it for days. Yeah. I just, I really liked it. I think what I did, what I liked it. Well, one, she carries a pager and his cell phone doesn't work anywhere. And he has to call after nine o'clock for free nights. Is it set in the nineties? Yeah. 98, 99. So it's like, our heyday yeah so it's called near historical i feel more like it's like throwback romance kind of thing but it's just really great i really enjoyed I love it that she carries a pager she does she does it's so funny and he goes to use his cell phone and she's like you don't have signal out here and i'm like where doesn't you have signal um I grew up where we did not have signal. No, I signal. know, but it was just, it's like, because anyway. Nobody, everybody has signal everywhere for the most part. There's a rare place where you don't have right? it now. It's, it's just called Northern New Mexico. Northern New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it was really, it was really great. And it's a little slower burn, but it's absolutely phenomenal. And I can't recommend it. I've heard it. good things about that series. Um, especially if you were Dawson's Creek watcher, which I was not. So... <laughs> I was. It has all those. But we vibes. all know your answer to that, Lindsay. Yeah, I did not have. Uh, I did Access. not have TV. <laughs> um, before we get into all of our normal Patreon updates, I just would like to say that there are other ways that you can support the podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, please leave us a review. If you're following us on social media, please like and comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we're starting to collect feedback for the 2024 season. You can find details on our website and a link to the survey on our social media. Um, you don't have to be a Patreon member to help support us. Reviews and sharing um, episodes and like and commenting on our social media absolutely is super helpful. Um, but also recommend us to fellow podcast listeners or romance mm -hmm. readers. We're, you know, we're a good time. Um, so Patreon update. Uh, swag packs are headed out for September this week. Um, I'm so excited to share that our swag pack sponsoring authors for the month of September are Renee Rose, Melanie Moreland, Kelly Elliott, and Helena Hunting. This is a fairly large pack of swag coming your way with so many good things in it. Uh, swag packs go out to the fancy drink cold brew and queen bee tier. We still have fun buzzing about romance exclusive stickers, mood reading cards, and other fun things. These are mailed monthly, usually around the fifth of the month. Um, and we do ship these internationally. There is no wait time on this perk. It kicks in as soon as you join. And because of our amazing Patreon members, we're able to bring you three episodes a week. And we are still working on our goal of 75 members so we can plan our first ever book retreat. Anyway, Lindsay and Leah, thanks so much for hanging out and chatting female archetypes with me. It's always a good time. That's great. Uh, so we, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. 
If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 